Before we get started today, let's take a quick minute to talk about what's new at Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and Jerry have just wrapped up their fall quarter of instruction, which featured an exciting session on using Procreate and demos of creating depth and working with color. Winter quarter begins on January 4th, and Rebecca and Jerry are launching the new year by featuring informative guest artists. Help with improving your studio practice and habits, painting clinics, and mentoring topics. You can join Cold Wax Academy at any time and take advantage of over 80 previously recorded sessions already in the member library. And you can also join in on the live online sessions produced each month. Please consider treating yourself or a loved one to the comprehensive and wide-ranging art education available at Cold Wax Academy in 2023 by visiting coldwaxacademy.com. The website also offers plenty of free information about Cold Wax Medium, including a series of informative videos. Once again, that's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are looking deeply at your work. In the process of making a work of art, the artist deals with many questions and decisions. There is constant evaluation of asking if the piece is on the right track and of considering what is needed for the next move. What will best convey the artist's ideas and intentions? Many of these decisions are quick and intuitive, but sometimes a more reflective and conscious process is called for. Today we will talk about how to look deeply at your work and why it's important. With me as always is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Uh, this topic touches on um, something we bring up once in a while, which is the balance of spontaneity and control. In this case, spontaneity being more intuitive and control being more of your thoughtful analysis. And this is it's challenging to find the right balance for yourself. Uh, most of us know that during the course of making a work of art, you have a lot of different thoughts. It can be kind of a wild ride, actually. Um, you know, you have moments when, yes, it's all going really well, or that was a good move, you know, that that's really working out. Or, oh, that looks terrible. What do I do now? You know, that color is off. And all that can go on in just a few minutes. It's kind of this seesaw sometimes. And, you know, there's there's that feeling of flow and everything's falling into place and it's working out well. We've talked about flow on this podcast before. And and that's really good because when you're in flow, it leads to a lot of trust in your intuition, in your spontaneity. And over time with experience, your intuition tends to get more and more on track. You have better impulses, you have better ideas and leads to good results because you know, you're constantly learning, you're constantly incorporating um, information from what you're doing. And that's, that's great. Um, but on the other hand, this, this really good intuitive response and sense of flow can come and go even when you're a very experienced artist. So one day you're, you're on top of things and you're reacting intuitively in good ways. And and then the next day, you can feel that you've lost it. You feel um, kind of frustrated, maybe kind of awkward with what you're doing. And sometimes when you feel that, um, that resistance uh, to your work, 
that frustration, it, it's a signal that you need to take time for some serious conscious evaluation. And that's really the topic for today is, um, is, doing, is taking time to do that. Yeah. So, so what are the what are the, some of the benefits of of engaging in this kind of evaluation, this contemplative process with your work? Well, um, you know, I I feel that it's quite important because um, in order to produce consistently good work, or most of your work is on track, you you need to find that balance. Like I mentioned, that balance of intuition and this more conscious analysis. And and they're both important um, because you know on on the more spontaneous side you don't want to be constantly stopping and picking apart every move because that's kind of paralyzing and that's what we call overthinking really. But um, this evaluation of your work that's more objective that you do every so often that um, keeps your work from sort of being all over the place and. You can, you know, sometimes you can you can hit really good results without doing that at all, but it's harder to do it all the time or most of the time or consistently. So, it is important for that for the big picture, um, for producing work that hits a certain standard um, that you're after, and and most of the time, the basis of that is really to have some kind of intention in mind, and. What you're really after with making good work and making good developed work is, you know, basically this is going to be very simple, but saying what you want to say. You're going to be communicating something coherent, something that you want to say. And what is that? What is that? You're trying to communicate. That's a lot of different things that, you know, depending on your own work, it can be something pretty descriptive, pretty, you know, on point, uh, maybe narrative, um, or it could be something less specific, less literal. It could be a mood or a feeling that you want the viewer to pick up on. Um, It could be producing something evocative that sets the stage for the viewer to make their own associations. Uh, Lots of things. And, And your intentions could be any of these. But and more, but it's important to have some idea of what you're going for when you're doing more developed work. And I'm, I'm distinguishing here from the other kind of work that you do that is really spontaneous. It's pure play, experimentation, and of course that's important too. Uh, it's much more open ended, and that type of work, you know, is. It sort of is what it is. You don't necessarily anal- analyze it or intellectualize about it, but but that you know what I'm talking about here today in this topic is about the body of work. You know, maybe you're going to have an exhibit, maybe you're creating a series, and you want work that's going to hang together and that there's going to be some unity to it overall. Yeah, it almost reminds me of like what professional athletes do. I mean, everybody can have like a, a good game and a bad game. Everybody has on days and off days. Um, but when when they, they go deeper and they're looking at footage and sitting down and saying, okay, you know, you, you did really good here. You won, but see how you're dropping your elbow right there. Like we can fix <laughs> yeah. that. And so it's, it's all about creating that consistent performance, not that, that one-off amazing performance. You have like one really mm-hmm. great piece and then and then work that is not up to the same standard. You want it, You want to have that consistent performance. Right, and when without at least some amount of consistency, 
you are prone to getting discouraged and frustrated because, you know, you, you hit that, that high level for one piece or one performance, and then the next time it isn't as good, and you think, well, what's wrong? I did it before. Well, what's wrong is, you know, that's that's what you have to look at more closely and more deeply and and really try to 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 try to pinpoint that yeah and i would imagine that that with time you you develop a a sense of what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong but especially early on i would imagine it's it's very beneficial to have a coach or a mentor or just somebody else to bounce these things off of who can give you that that feedback yeah and and actually you know what what i'm going to get into today is doing it for yourself because while it's great to have that not everybody does and you don't have it all the time so how can you do this for yourself uh, how can you gain some objectivity to look at look at your own work and um, it is interesting when you say this this is especially important for people um, who are learning and this particular thing that I'm going to talk about today is an exercise that we just uh, gave out to the students at Cold Wax Academy and to the members and asked them to do this analysis for a work of art. And it was really interesting um, what people came up with, how deeply they went into uh, one painting. And we just asked them to pick one piece and analyze it. So it's, it's a process and it's something you know, step by step that you can do. So before we get into this actual process, how often should you engage in this, in this kind of contemplative behavior? Um, I would say there's certain stages where it's important. Now, when you're in the process of, let's, let's just pick doing a painting, you're in the process of a painting, there's a lot of analysis that you do quickly, but thoughtfully, um, with just a, a short amount of consideration, not the in-depth look that I'm going to be talking about. And when you make those kind of decisions, it, it borders on intuition because in a way you you just feel like you know what to do. But there's also, you know, you might need a moment or two. Like, for example, if you see that, you know, you're looking at the color that you're working with and you say, oh, it just needs to be more rich. It just needs to have more complexity. And and so then there's this little pause while you think, okay, what would do that? Okay, I've got a lot of cool color down. Maybe I need some warm color. And then a little more time to decide, well, which color, which tube of paint am I going to pick up? So it's close to intuition. It's it's happening within, you know, the span of about a minute or so. It's informed intuition. Um, it's something that the more you practice, the more quickly it comes. Or maybe you just, you notice your composition is off. So you study it for a minute, and then you say, okay, I need something in that corner. Um, and this this process is pretty automatic, and um, it's part of that long series of decisions that you mentioned in the intro where, um, you know, you expect it as part of the process. That's going on. But there's another level, um, and as I mentioned, this actual step-by-step process that you can go through to look at and analyze your work, and that could come at different points. That could come when you're stuck and when you say, you know, I I feel like I'm getting a little off track or I just cannot figure out why this isn't working. (laughs) I think we all know that feeling. Um, It could be done when you're getting close to being finished or you think you are finished. So it's a, it's a way of analyzing 
you know, if, if the piece is done, if there's something more that you want to do. And it basically involves two different ways of seeing your work. And one is an objective way that's just observation. It's almost, it's simply descriptive. There's no interpretation. So, um, you know, it's it's just the facts, right? <laughs> it's the facts about what colors, what's the scale, and things like that. And then the other side of that is a subjective way. And that's the one where you think about, what am I trying to say? What's the meaning that I want to bring here? And they are very different. There are different ways of thinking. There are different ways of looking at your work. Um, a good painting, a good art, involves both of these aspects. So the purely visual, the objective, what somebody sees when they look at it, and then the other dimension, what they feel or think or what they're reminded of, uh, also what you're bringing to it in that kind of realm. And the most important part of this is they need to work together. <laughs> so you are using visual elements, composition, etc., in ways that support your ideas and your meaning. And so that alignment of those two things is really what you're after. But in order to figure out what that is, you it's good to sort of separate out and consider them separately. Um, and, and these two parts, these objective and subjective, they're both applying to you, the artist, and to the viewer. So for the artist, um, you can use them as you analyze your work, as, as I just mentioned. And you might be weak in, in one area or the other. So maybe maybe there are problems with how you're using the visual elements. There's problems with your composition or something like that uh, in the kind of the objective realm. And then in the subjective or the meaning, maybe you don't really have um, a central idea or maybe there isn't really an impact to your work. And, um, or as I mentioned, they have to work together. So you might be okay with both aspects of this but they're not really connected. They're not really aligned. So you're not really expressing what you want. And I th I think it's very easy to get involved with one aspect or the other and then neglect one side of it. And so the, the value of, a, of separating the two approaches and looking at each one and how they work together, it really points out when you have a lack of clarity, when you don't have that connection uh, between these different ways of considering your work. And I mentioned this is important for the viewer as well. Um, they typically are not, you know, analyzing your work in the same way, like sitting down and saying, well, what are the facts and what's the meaning and this kind of thing. But, you know, they're just taking it in. But if the work has this visual union, unity and impact and they feel something or they think something close to what you mean as a result of looking at the work, um, then that's all good. Like they're involved in your work there and you're communicating and they're getting from it what you would like them to, to get from it. So, um, yeah, so I will go into the specifics of this a lot more in a minute. Yeah, let's let's take a break and uh, talk about what the deals, what the deal is at Blick, what, what deals are available <laughs> over at Blick. Right now, Blick is running a lot of like holiday gift type specials. So, uh, there's specials on paint sets and things like that. One thing in particular that I noticed is that the Blick Convertible Studio Easel 
is 65% off. So normally that's a $380 easel and it's on sale right now for about 130 bucks. So if you need an easel or there's an artist in your life who needs an easel, this is a really good time to pick up what is normally an almost $400 item for 130 bucks. So to take advantage of that special and to support the Messy Studio Podcast, please remember to use our affiliate link, which is, of course, MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. That takes you straight through to the regular Blick website. But when you use our affiliate link, Blick will donate 10% to the Messy Studio Podcast. This is a really incredible way for you to support the podcast while you do your regular shopping. So as always, I'm going to remind you to please bookmark that link so that you remember to use it every time you shop at Blick. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick, B-L-I-C-K. All right, let's get back into the show. Okay, so now we're going to get into specifics. That was a lot of generalities, but I, you know, I just want to give that background so that, you know, sets the stage for, okay, you're going to be thinking about two different things and how they work together. Um, and, and to say, once again, this is really helpful in finding issues with your work, um, figuring out what your direction is, finding more clarity um, with your work. Um, so I also want to throw out a couple terms, and I know we've talked about this at some point earlier in the podcast episodes, but there's basic art terminology, which is form and content. Okay, so form is that objective part. It means um, things that are just purely factual. It means the visual elements and composition and how they're being used. And And it doesn't take you, the artist, to describe that. Anybody could look at your painting and say, this is what's happening. So the first part of this analysis is you describe what you see in your own work, and avoiding any interpretation. Like, you're not putting any value judgments on it. You're not saying, oh, it's a good use of color. You're saying things like, well, I have warm color and I have cool color, or I'm using colors in this color scheme. Um, you might say there's a predominantly dark value, like the painting is mostly dark, or the composition is asymmetric, or... Um, you know, there's a rough texture down the middle of this painting. So you're almost looking at it as if, you know, you, you're, you're removing yourself from it. You're looking at it as if someone else is looking at it. And the process of this means that you are looking at it deeply and you are um, noting as many aspects of the form as you can observe. And, and when I mentioned we did this exercise with Cold Wax Academy, it was amazing the detail uh, some of the people that sent their work in uh, were able to pull out of the form. You know, they wrote about every visual element. They wrote about every principle of design and what they observed. And it, that ability to look at your work that way is so important because it is objective. And and this is going to help you with, with the rest of the, of the analysis. So the other part of it then is that subjective part, um, the content, the meaning, the mood, the emotion, the story, any other interpretive aspects that you have in mind that you want to convey. I It occurred to me that this is actually something you might want to do when you're not looking at your piece. <laughs> because what happens often when you're looking at your piece and you're trying to think about the meaning of it is that... Um, 
you're really looking at what you've already done and sort of tweaking your intentions to fit the work instead of trying to tap into what it is you set out to do, what you really wanted to say. Um, so you're trying to formulate that intention, um, being as honest as you can, as clear as you can be. And it's also something to note that if your ideas are are concise or simple, um, they can be you know, they can be important, they can be deep, but it's phrased in a fairly simple way. That is something that you can grasp onto and you can work with. We we also did an episode, I know, about sort of keeping it simple, not trying to pack too many big ideas into one work of art. If you have big ideas, try to break them down. Say, this painting is about this aspect. Um, if you need to expand it into more paintings, a series, whatever... But it is important to, to try to nail something down that's pretty pretty pointed. Um, and one way to do this is uh, think about if somebody asks you, "Oh, what are you working on?" and you know, "What's what's it about?" or "What what would you like somebody to take away from it when they look at it?" And that that brings in the communication aspect. You know, what what do you want to say to this person who's interested in your work? Um, I have a painting in my studio right now that I'm working on, and I thought, well, I'll use that for an example. And I would say my intentions for that painting are that I want that painting to be evocative of some ancient place in nature. Um, it's sort of overgrown and mossy. And, you know, knowing that my visual language comes from nature, where, you know, the colors, the complexity, the colors, the textures, that's where I get my visual ideas but I definitely am not working with representational landscape. I want the work to be quite abstract without any, you know, real literal reference. So that's something I do try to keep in mind. And when I feel that my work is heading in a different direction, I can, I can pull it back into that more abstract realm. So those are the kind of intentions that I would have in mind. Um, and, and, you know, as I work on the painting, and as I said, sometimes, you know, sitting in your living room and thinking about this, it's going to be a little bit easier or more clear than when you're in the studio looking at your work. Um, and then, so you've looked at the the, the form, you've looked at the content, and there is one more step, and that's really important. Is the form of your work, as you're analyzing it, uh, coinciding with your ideas? Is it in alignment with your ideas? Are you using the form to express what you want to say? And is there something, is there anything that's distracting from that, that's you know, countering that process, because that's often where you're going to find a problem. Um, in the example that I just gave of my own work, um, if I felt that the image was becoming too literally a landscape, for example, um, I would want to introduce more abstract elements. Or if I felt that the color was veering away from this sort of um, mossy appearance that I'm going for, I would rein it back in and, and bring in more green. So that's that kind of observation. Um, and, you know, I mean, I've, I've seen so many examples of, of paintings from people that are in my workshops and, and Cold Wax Academy and, and looking at a lot of paintings that people are struggling with and seeing this disconnect. For example, you know, another example, maybe somebody 
wants to portray something that's kind of somber or sad. And and they like certain colors that don't really align with that. They like, you know, brighter colors or luminosity. And so they're using the colors they like, but their intention is something quite different. And the viewer is not going to get somber and sad when they're using those colors. But until you sort of focus on that, the, the artist might not really realize, oh, I, these are my colors. I like these colors. So that's that's an example that sort of disconnect um, that can happen. Or you might think, well, I'm painting a landscape and I want it to be, you know, really calm and peaceful. But when you do your analysis, you see, actually, this composition is a little edgy. <laughs> you know, maybe I have some some really dark value contrast going on that's that's creating a little bit of tension in the painting that I'm not sure I want. And, you know, you put that in there because it it worked, it looked right, and maybe the painting is working. But if it's if it's veered off, it's not really what you wanted, this analysis is a way to help you pinpoint that. So in a way, this is actually a really simple process. I mean, it's like, am I doing what I want to do to say what I want to say? I mean, that's so simple in a way. Um, and you do it, as I mentioned earlier, you do it constantly when you work on some level, not really deeply, but doing it more deeply once in a while is important. And, and the way that I think is the best way to do this is actually to write, to write this out, sit there and make notes. Um, anytime you, you write about something that you're trying to figure out, I think you discover things that you didn't even know because you're you're forced to find words uh, to explain it. And when you get things down in writing, you can see where your where your gaps are, where you're not necessarily connecting ideas. Um, you're you know you're you're not really showing logic or <laughs> whatever. And um, you know, again, when we had this assignment for Cold Wax Academy, some of the things that people wrote. Um, there wasn't really a connection. I mean, they'd talk about their ideas and go into their ideas quite a bit, and they'd talk about what the painting looked like, and we could see reading the notes that they sent that there really wasn't a connection. So that's what you're looking for as you write. Um, how, how does one thing support the other thing? And writing is a great way to do that, and then you also have those notes that the next time you're stuck, you might find an answer there just by reading over them. Yeah, I think you make a, a pretty good case for doing this in a in a slightly more structured way, uh, because I, I I'm the way I am, and I'm sure that there are many listeners who are just like me. As soon as there's like structure, I, I have the urge to reject it. <laughs> you know, I don't <laughs> I don't want to do your step by step process. Um, yeah, but. It, especially the writing things down. I think that there there is a compelling case for that. I think that you really need to be able to step away from your work and, and view it a little bit more objectively. And, and I think that there is also a place for, um, you know, even if you don't do this in, in a, a, a format that's as structured as a classroom or with a, a mentor or a coach, um, presenting this in a, in a way to other people, I think, is... Um, it's it's a situation that forces you to get a little bit more organized with your thoughts and, and your intentions in a piece. 
Yeah, it pins them down. I mean, you can you can sit and ruminate, and before you know it, you're thinking about what to have for lunch or something. You know, <laughs> if you sit down and say, "I am going to write about this painting for the next twenty minutes or something," you definitely are going to find some things that you know you wouldn't have noticed if you'd been more superficial about it. And it's quite hard to discipline your mind to to do this. Um, to do this in depth. I will also say, though, that with practice, it comes much more easily. And this is, um, you know, it's it's something that is uh, is taught in art school as a way of, this, well, I mentioned form and content as a as a concept that's taught in, in art school, that these things are important. And I know I've said before, when I first heard about it in art school, I thought, oh, so what? You know, it just, it just did not impact me. And now I see it as probably the most important thing uh, that you need to understand in order to, to create good, consistent art. And it was something that um, well, I did more than once as a student, and the the assignment would be either to take one of your own works or uh, to go into the gallery at the university and pick something and and describe it, the form of it, the objective part of it in such a way that somebody looking at it, somebody reading your words could picture what they were what they were seeing, what you were seeing. Um, if there's subject matter, you describe that. This is a figure. This is, you know, this is a landscape. If it's a style you can identify, you say that. And this this exercise, doing it repeatedly, became pretty ingrained. And that's really helpful to know. The first couple times you do it might seem like a chore, but it will become ingrained, and it becomes uh, much you know more automatic to to be able to see this way. The other thing that I think is maybe important that should be mentioned is uh, the need for um, a certain amount of honesty with yourself in this process. And mm. uh, like when when you when you think about what your intentions are with a piece, um, it, especially when we're doing things early on in our career, we we tend to make art for ourselves. We don't tend to make it with other people in mind. And if, if you're, when you, when you're sitting down to paint, if, if what you're really thinking is, wow, this would look really great in my living room, then that's something that you need to be honest with yourself about. Like, am I painting this for my living room or am I painting this for another person? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and honesty comes in with, with the intentions big time, because I mentioned oftentimes people have very big ideas and they say, oh, I don't know. They say things like, well, I want to paint about environmental concerns. Okay, and that that's noble and that's good. But what, what you know, what specifically? And I think that that requires honesty to say, what is important to me? What can I say about it? Um, how can I make this personal to me? and meaningful to me um, in a way that isn't, you know, just uh, generally, I know this is an important topic, so I want to paint about it. And there's a, I mean, I guess in terms of honesty, I just mean 
becoming very specific and really questioning what is it about this that I want to say? What is it about this that moves me? And how can I say that? And not sort of superficially just saying, I want to paint about environment because that's that's a huge topic. <laughs> and so, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of mental work, there's a lot of emotional work with all of this stuff. And and I think honesty can also come in if you're you're doing something to please other people, but it isn't really you. That's uh, something to confront. And I think that there's been a lot of different podcast episodes where we've talked about being authentic and trying to find your personal voice and all those things. So it's all tied in together. Um, and the more that you can identify what those authentic parts of yourself are, your intentions start to unfold um, in, in really interesting ways. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Um, I don't think I have much more to say. I, I just think this is a step-by-step approach that's worth giving it a try. And it's, it's a, you know, I didn't make this up, that's for sure. This is a, a, a well-respected part of an art education, and it's, it's useful. And I, I really uh, think over time it's helped me a lot. And as I said, over time it also becomes more automatic. And, and you, in, you, a lot of this stuff becomes ingrained in, in how you look at your work. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out RossTickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.